Mike check. Mike check over here. Check Mike. Who's Mike? I'm Mike. Uh, hey, hey Mike. Mike. Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. Alright, this is Dave. And Yanni's over here. <laughs> You're doing that. We just got back from JetCon. A few days ago. When did you actually get back? Uh, Sunday night. Okay. Probably. Yeah, I went over to Columbus. I didn't get back till like, Monday afternoon. Uh, so, awesome time? Oh, my God. I know. Tell me about I, it. I always... Always... The worst part of Gen Con is leaving. It's... Uh, there's just so much cool shit going on, and there's... Like, literally need to clone myself so that I can do it all. And even that probably wouldn't be enough. So, the thing we both did together at Gen Con was I did Games on Demand, and you did Games on Demand. And it's what true. is Games on Demand? It is you come up and say, hey... I want to play some games that maybe I've never played before or even heard of. And then they're like, okay, here, have some games. And you play them. Okay. I'll, I'll break this down. Uh, first of all, Games on Demand, absolutely awesome. We were told by some people that it was one of the best organized, most fun events at Gen Con. Like, people coming in off the, off the, off the street, not off the street, off the, the balcony, concourse. I guess, off the concourse, sure. This is also organized by a bunch of super awesome human beings. And if you didn't get a chance to meet all of them, Yanni... <laughs> You should have, because you missed out. Yeah, but uh, a bunch of them. Yeah, I'm not going to name... Here's the thing I'm not going to do this podcast. I'm not going to name a whole lot of names because I don't want to leave anyone out. Uh, but if I hung out with you, you're awesome. Just just letting you know. You might still be awesome even if I didn't hang out with you. Probably. <laughs> so, um, Games on Demand, basically what it is, a bunch of us bunch of us GMs from all around the country, all around the world, really, uh, volunteered. We had a few people from overseas, Scotland, Germany volunteered to run games. We brought whatever games we liked, um, mostly indie stuff, uh, some evil hats, some small press stuff, too. And uh, there's a few game designers there. Um, I got, like, five or six people to sign my Hillfolk book, because they all contributed <laughs> settings. Like Robin, Robin Laws, who wrote it, mined the indie role-playing game movement super heavy. So Yeah. I think I actually got, like, between the, the signing on Thursday and... Running in, running into AKA stalking GMs, getting about a, a eight or nine different signatures in there. So I'm on well on my way to collecting them all. So um, <laughs> like Pokemon here. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So basically, everyone brought their games, and everyone could run either two or four games. So they they laminated menus. Jason Morningstar put those together. Which are freaking awesome. Yeah, Yanni brought his home. Um, I did not. Uh, so uh, so yeah so so you you sign up you sign up for time slots you put your menus out and people get boarding passes it's kind of like being on a plane you're in zone one zone two zone three except this were dragon elf goblin hydra you know somewhat alphabetical fantasy monsters Rich. yeah it doesn't really uh, matter the point oh, is the point is <laughs> that we <laughs> the point is that we um, uh, we handed these out about an hour and a half before the, each slot were two hour slots games were two and four hours you took a boarding pass. About ten minutes before, they started calling boarding passes. So you go up there, you say, there's an open game I want to play in, you pick it. If nobody, if that GM has not had a game picked for them yet, that game becomes the game you're playing among the two to four games. The other sheets go away, you cross off the other ones, and the games fill up, and everyone goes into the room. You're at table two, you're going to be playing with this person. Some of the games were run by designers, some of the games were just run by us, awesome GM people. 
Uh, and uh, there was just a lot of really great, mostly indie gaming in there. It was a super cool environment, super friendly, super diverse. I thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience. Um, and I stayed at Games On Demand pretty much the whole weekend. Mm, I ended up running three two-hour sessions and one four-hour session because I was also doing some volunteer work. For what games did you run? I ran on the first day uh, two rounds of Baron Munchausen. Uh, actually, four rounds because it really only takes about an hour to play. <laughs> so both groups that played a two-hour twice. slot, we, yeah. we played a game and then we played another game. Uh, and then on Thursday... One uh, of the small I heard that went so well they actually had to tell you to quiet down a little bit. Yeah, the Baron Munchausen, uh, we got we got shushed, um, shushed, politely, but you know it was it was appropriate because we it was. It but was the last day they were just flashing the lights in the room like yeah. everybody shut up. But uh, on on Thursday, I was a little disappointed. This is one small quibble I have with the games on demand. First person ruins it for everybody. Because there was this guy who I met while waiting for the bus that missed, got missed twice. And uh, so we were talking about role-playing games and the stuff. And he was working at Games On Demand too, And he had like four different games he was running. Uh, Leverage, 316, The Children of Roach Il Shabbath. I'm saying, I haven't heard of that one. It's, it's like a roach who's a Lovecraftian horror whose children are populating the earth and you're trying to fight them. Or something sounds, sounds exciting. Pretty cool. Yeah, and then there Why was not? another game he had on his menu that also sounded cool. Leverage did not interest me at all, and that was the one that got played. That yeah. one had one mark on it, and only one person ended up showing up for it because I talked to him later. Well, you that. know what? They had to do it some way, and honestly, it worked like clockwork. People were in there ready to play at the chime of the hour. That actually worked out better than I could possibly imagine, though, because um, <laughs> before I got there. Somebody who's Somebody. running the thing was yeah. like, hey, you've run Ransom stuff yesterday. Would you, or this morning, would you be up for uh, running some event? we got so many people, we've got to overflow. I was like, well, there were, well, I kind of want to get There were 22 it. tables, of which two were reserved for long cons, which is like serial, where you go back over and over again and you tell a story over multiple sessions. We at some point had 26 or 27, 26 to 28 tables with overflow all over the convention center. So it was super popular. <laughs> It was. Yeah. But he asked me if I would run stuff, and I was like, well, I kind of want to try and get into one of these games that's going on right now. Because I, I, he, he talked up the shit out of the Shebel Roth, but I would have been fine with 316, or maybe, maybe it was Tremulous was the other one. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Which and is, uh, Tremulous is a Lovecraftian Apocalypse World hack, if I yeah, remember correctly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, he was definitely down on the uh, horror front. But, uh,. You know, when I got there and all the stuff was taken, I, I came back. I was like, "All right, look, I'll, you guys said you needed overflow. I'll do it." And so there, but I didn't bring any of my stuff because I hadn't actually run on. I guess it was actually Friday because I ran on Thursday, and then had Friday free. But they had they had stacks like they had extra Jenga towers oh, yeah. for Dread. They had they, they had an entire they, folder with a printout, like decorated with a printout of all of the fiasco scenarios they, that they had gave ever me been one made. Of the fiasco books, <laughs> and so I was the book there, it was like. And book. <laughs> like picked out four of them, yeah, and went and was ready to, to run fiasco for, for one of the overflows. And like about ten minutes after, like I was like, "So, do you guys need me to do this?" Time? I'm like, "Oh yeah, I think we've already sent the people down to the <laughs> overflow players." And so yeah, I had to like I and I they hadn't sent a number down there either, so it was kind of a, a clusterfuck. But it worked out. I got there, 
and uh, they gave me the little thing that had the three new fiasco sets in it. I don't know. If oh yeah, yeah, I got one of those. I got one of those. We have to run this. And so it's like, time. okay, hey, I picked out four. Here's the three new ones and read them off. And then I was like, I pulled out four that seemed interesting. One of the four I pulled out just. What was the one you ended up playing? I'm getting to that. <laughs> um, so I, I pulled out four, and I was like, I, I'm going to throw three of these away because you, you only get a choice from four. So I'm going to show you the one that I think that I know you guys aren't going to pick, but I wish people would pick because it's an awesome game. This is the Fiasco and Alpha Complex. Do any of you guys know Paranoia? And like three guys who were there together were like, oh, we, we play Paranoia. And the other guy was like, we, I play Paranoia. And the girl was like, yeah, no, I play Paranoia. And they are like, all right, it's decided. <laughs> That's Paranoia. awesome. So you get to play the one you wanted. Uh, why? Because we have five people I've ended up facilitating. Well, you facilitated the one I, you wanted. I jumped in his computer occasionally. Um, <laughs> Friend computer? Yes. Uh, and we had three people playing... Uh, Clones, uh, two of whom had got activated early before the first one was killed, and all of whom were convinced that they were the first clone, uh, which was awesome. Um, and that was probably the third coolest thing that happened to Gen Con for me. <laughs> so um, the games that I ran were, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the games that I ran were Inspectors, Unmighty Thews, Monster of the Week, and I did run a, uh, I facilitated a fiasco with. Three people that I never played before, which was actually really cool. I ended up running for a lot of people that had either never played indie games before or never played um, role playing games. Like a few, few couple people, it was awesome. It was like they they just took to it. People were still talking about that fiasco game the next day. They came up to me and they were like, "We're, we're still talking about that that wacky fiasco game." Did not get a chance to play Siren uh, to run Siren. I'm sorry, uh, which I was a little disappointed at. It's a great game. Um, we have RIP. You can listen to it. Um, games I played. So I played in. Uh, uh, two-hour Monster Hearts game, which I didn't think you could even do, but they man- mm. Jen, Jen Martin managed it. Nice. Uh, hey, little sis. Um, uh, I played Project Ninja Panda Taco, which is Jen from Genesis, Jen for Steen's, uh, uh a game. That was fun. It was kind of a... It, it struck me as kind of a party game. Like, yeah. Like, like, not super serious. The Maybe the mechanics were hard to understand at first, but, like, it was a lot of fun. Um... Hollow Point, which is a super spy thriller type game, um, it's it's okay. Again, it wasn't my favorite thing in the whole world, but if you like that genre, if you like the the sort of like uh, spy team genre, it, I think it, it does that job. You and I played uh, Vast and Starlet with Epidiah Rabicol, mm-hmm. who is who is the one of the designers of Dread and several other very good games, and that's a nano game. It fits entirely on an index card. Although we use some of the optional rules from a second index card. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I have all four. Oh, do you have all four? Yeah. Because I... <laughs> Yanni walks off to try to get the... It's okay. It's okay. They yeah. can't see. I... They're on the radio. Well, they oh, can look, see. He, brought, he brought them. Look, oh, look, they're... aren't they pretty? They've got pictures of stars and stuff. Oh, that, they sure should they they're they're do. And glossy. That was a lot of fun. We actually played with a bunch of people, and that was a, that was a neat game, especially for something that fits on such a small thing. That was... The other things that we the other things that I got a chance to play were um, a couple of things under development by some of the giant cast people, and I also have to say I spent a lot of time hanging out with the Chicagoland crew, the, including the the cast of the giant cast. Absolutely awesome people, every single one of them. Uh, thank you guys for just you know making me feel at home out there in uh, the Midwest again. Um, but Todd and Tom uh, are designing, and you know I'll let them tell you when they're done with it but a game called The Sword, The Crown, and The Unspeakable Power. And that is uh, Apocalypse World hack that sort of simulates 
the dark fantasy Game of Thrones type of a type of a of a situation. And I am going to try my damnedest. They promised me Betis. But I think that's the thing I'm, that just... I'm going to want some of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the thing that's just going to have to happen at some point. Um, and that was, that, was a, that was a truly epic game. We actually played two sessions of it. We played one in an official slot, and then we squeezed one in over a lunch break when Todd, Todd wasn't running a game the next day. Um, the other thing I played, uh, Yanni, you got it on this too, mm-hmm. was uh, Todd and Megan's uh, game, Time Cellist. Which I played before at Forge Midwest, which is the '80s teen movie Goonies, wacky adventure. I don't even understand. I don't, we played in the 1950s. We were greasers. It was it was a lot of fun. It was. It's was, a super super lighthearted fun game. That was probably my second favorite game I played at. Uh, I believe you. Uh, um, and that is another one that I think we need to get our hands on to play it here. So yeah, and then played some Vespithal in one of the hotel lobbies. That that game didn't last very long, but it was a lot of fun. And then the last day, I wasn't even going to play a game. But there's a game, a uh, guy named Paul Riddle is hacking Apocalypse World to simulate World of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And there is a game called Undying, which is based loosely on the fiction of Vampire the, Vampire the Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure which one. And so, um, played that the last day. And... Boy, that was a lot of fun. Actually, had one of the writers for White Wolf there at the table. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that was man, that was intense. That was pretty good. There isn't much else. Uh, I'll, I'll, I have a couple of other stories, but Yanni, what about you? So I played Time Chalice, which was freaking awesome, and Bastion Scarlet, which might actually be second or third. I don't know. That was pretty, pretty much right in my wheelhouse too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maybe for you more than it was for me. The the first game I played at Gen Con, a uh, bunch of people were at uh, Games on Demand after like the Games on Demand party, and they thought we had the room until midnight. So there was there was a meeting to yeah. kind of prep everybody. Not everybody showed up, but the person who was running it thought we had it until midnight, and so it was going to run a game called Danger Patrol, which is in Danger open beta. Patrol. And oh my god, this game is so awesome. Um, think 1940s, 50s, 60s, Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon, uh, without the sexism, but with all of the other crazy, awesome tropes. And, yeah, we had an impromptu scotch tasting before we started. Uh, Again, the whiskey may, might have slightly colored it, but I don't think so, because the game's everyone who, awesome. Everyone who played Danger Patrol um, thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I really, people were playing, it was also, kids were playing some of the games mm-hmm. that people ran. Danger Patrol was a popular one. Inspectors was another super popular one. Evidently, the, because the, the indie press people were actually down selling hard copies of some of the games, and Inspectors sold out. Yeah. So evidently, everyone was running. They're like, you need to tell us what everyone's running next year so we can bring copies. So that's, I, I played, played we something should, else. We should say what Vast and Starlet is about, because it's, it, like I said, We've, yeah. said, we've said that it costs a dollar. <laughs> you have to draw. We didn't say that you have to send him a dollar and draw a picture. Yeah. But you do, if you or, want to get or, it. Or, or run into a Find him outside of a con. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't actually buy in a con, con without a vendor license. Um, but it's it's basically your stowaway, or you, you're trapped on a sort of a mis- mis- mysterious ship. You've escaped from a galactic prison, um, and you're sort of the ragtag band of, of people trying to make it. And there's a... It, the setup is actually a little bit like Fiasco. You go around and everybody asks questions, like you develop relationships and I'll decide why you should all be the captain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go. It, it, it's, it's a neat game. It is. You get to draw a spaceship. You, you definitely <laughs> get to draw a spaceship. We draw a really cool spaceship. But um, what else? So, I did 
uh, a bunch of running C. Jackson games. I ran Give Me the Brain and uh, Shea Geek for a bunch of people. Classics. Yeah. Um, but very good games. And I found a misprint in the Shea or in the Give Me the Brain, which is the C. Jackson 3rd edition. They had a card that had one hand on it as the cost for job and two hands on it as the cost for the job, which is a little confusing. Uh, Did you get money for finding the errata? No. 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 Um, Maybe it was a hand and a half job. No. no I don't think works. Just an error. Uh, but, you know, both of those went well. Uh, I got to play in the Mech Warrior pods finally. Oh, how was that? Awesome. It's awesome. I was, neither me nor Alex was the most terrible person by at least two. Like, neither of us got worse than, like, third from the bottom. Uh, but definitely light mechs are not the way to go. No, not uh, in those games. You always not, want not, as big as you can go. mission uh, yeah. based. Uh, so you, you didn't get a chance to go to True Dungeon, because that was yeah. the other thing you said you wanted to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I was, if I hadn't been scheduled Saturday to run Apocalypse World... Uh, I could have managed it. Or if people had picked Baron Munchausen for the first two-hour slot, I could have just canceled the second half and felt okay with it because I'd already done a pickup game for uh, Fiasco and would have fulfilled the commitment I'd offered to do. <laughs> and then I could have run and gone and done True Dungeon with uh, John and several of the other people who I talked to on Wednesday. True Dungeon, if you don't know, is a... It's a it's sort of like a LARP. It's based on d and I guess. Mm-hmm. You go into a dungeon, and you're a party, and there's monsters, and yeah. it's yeah. sort of... Either, it's either the Beholder, but in re, for reals. It's it's pretty freaking awesome. If um, any of you are old enough to remember the Eye of the Beholder computer game, I'm old. Though, uh, an awful lot of... One, one observation, a lot of the people I met were librarians. Uh, there are a lot of librarian geeks. It's like kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Do like, they all knit? Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't uh, investigate that. Okay, because that's also yeah. Um, that's that's the thing. Theoretically, I know how to knit, but I haven't done it <laughs> since I was like a teenager. So pretty rusty. So on Thursday night, um, the Glitter Guild, which is sort of an assemblage of uh, burlesque performers from all over the country, but a lot from Chicago and Indianapolis, put on a almost two-hour show that was absolutely fabulous. And I ended up, because I have connections, ushering and got some pretty good seats. And uh, the MC for the night, Pixie, was eight and a half months pregnant in a Princess Leia slave bikini outfit. <laughs> nice. And um, <laughs> Paris Green, who produced the whole thing and did a bang-up job, uh, was Galactus. That was pretty... It's nerdlesque. I, it was... I, I, I it, 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 was it was pretty epic. Uh... That was a great show. I'd never been to burlesque before. Uh, just, yeah, just a great time. And um, the other kind of cool thing that happened was... So the other cool thing that happened was the first night that we were there, because you went and played games, mm-hmm. but I heard there was a bar that people were going to. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jason Morningstar asked me to play uh, The Quiet Year with them, and I said, I'm really sorry, but I heard people were going to a bar. Because I'm a giant douche. <laughs> but it gets better. So I take Jen and Joe over to the bar, drag them over, and we all get drinks, because we... This was the... Okay, so here's the thing. This was the Diana Jones Award. Now, the Diana Jones Award, there's no, there's not actually someone named Diana Jones. Back in the 80s, and I looked this up, because I did not know, 
TSR had licensed the Indiana Jones franchise for games for mm-hmm. one reason or another. And you remember TSR, they were who made Dungeons and Dragons before they were bought by Wizards, before they were bought by Hasbro, before they were... What does it stand for? Educate us. Tactical Studies Role Playing. Maybe it's strategy. It's been a long time. It might be strategy. We can look it up. We'll put it in the show notes. Anyway. Tiny seals rule. Tiny seals do rule. It's true. (laughs) I thought Ryback ruled. Anyway, no. So, is so when they lost, seal? I think so. So evidently, when they and, and and this is this is this is what I gleaned from my quick skimming of the Wikipedia article. So I might be wrong, but um, when they lost the license, they like burned and or tore up a bunch of the Indiana Jones paraphernalia, mm. uh, and they encased scraps of something in a perspex. Perspex is kind of like a plastic polymer perspex pyramid, and. Um, the fragment of poster or whatever that was in there it was Indiana Jones, but it just read Diana Jones, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> they started giving this award out for like excellence in 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 role playing, and um, and it's been handed down every year to the next person, the next person, the next person. So we're all in the bar, and they're about to announce the awards, and so we all shuffle over, and they announce the award, the Diana Jones Award for this year was going to Will Wheaton for Tabletop. And he deserves it. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you why in a moment. But because I blame him for about half of the indie game thing just due to his running fiasco on Tabletop. And if you have not watched the Will Wheaton fiasco episode of Tabletop on Geek and Sundry, you really should. But anyway, so. Um, if they, you have watched it, good job. And that's what we. And I turned to Jen and I'm like, Will Wheaton, he's, it's not like he's going to show up to accept the award. <laughs> <laughs> and she turns to me and says, I just talked to him. <laughs> and sure enough, Will Wheaton wanders up there, and he gives a really great speech, um, and is just a super awesome guy, and so it's like, oh, me of little faith. But uh, that was cool. Uh, yeah, I was just in a bar hanging out with people, and Will Wheaton gave an acceptance speech for an award that Gary Gygax created in the 80s. I was actually a, a little... <laughs> and, the, and the circle was closed. <laughs> I was a little sad, because the Steve Jackson... Booth where the yeah. like, area where they where we, where we ran games like while I was volunteering was right next to the tabletop area, but both times that I was scheduled to be running games and like shortly before and after Will was not there. I like saw him a couple times while I was like walking walking through that area, but he was super glommed every time. So super approachable guy, okay. evidently. Although I did not get a chance to talk to him. Um, and I'm so sorry I'm using my douchey radio announcer voice for this, but I feel like I have to because my normal voice is not appropriate for announcements. <laughs> I've been working on my 1920s announcer voice playing Deadwood Studios. <laughs> reading the scenes off. Anything else cool that happened? No, I think... I'm sure there was other cool stuff, but it's a blur. I know, man. I feel like I played in two other games on demand games. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it took it took me a while to remember the ones that I played. I'll tell you that. I was looking back. I know I'm missing one. I'm counting the hours. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'd like to leave us with this thought, or perhaps start the episode with this thought because I can edit. Um, this is something that was written into us by one of our listeners, Colin Sta, or Stay. I think it's Sta. And Colin writes, this is after listening to the second of our Storytime with Blake and Heiko episodes, and he writes, and I quote, If this podcast were a dessert buffet, the Blake and Heiko episodes are the strippers manning the chocolate fountain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes, Joanna. I just that image. There really is a Santa Claus. Well, thanks as always for listening. This has been iPodcast Magic Missile. Can I just interject now that you're kind of signed off? That that is possibly the best way to walk in on a recap. Of, so I say to Jim, Will Wheaton's never going to show. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my dear, he will, he will, and he did. Like it really sounded like Baron Munchausen. <laughs> this podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com iPodcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.